brunch culture. We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about uh, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what brunch culture is about. About, about, about. What's up, world? So we had an incredible interview with today's guest, and we didn't want to dilute the show and let you guys miss anything. We wouldn't want to make anything too long, so we want to just get right into this interview. The interview is incredible. I'm telling you, you are going to get something out of this for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for your mates. It's really an incredible interview. She literally like rocked our entire minds and shook the entire show with her story and the movement that she's going. So let's get into it. All right, guys, today we have an incredible woman, if I do say so myself, uh, writer, mental health activist, Miss Amade Bora. How are you doing, madame? I- I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for um, agreeing to be on Branch Culture with us. I love yes. it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So we'll kick. We'll just get right into it. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we we definitely want to talk about. Well, first, I w- want to highlight your blog. You have an incredible blog, um, Depressed While Black, and which I believe is like a preview to the book that you're working on as well. Depression mental uh, health issues are something that of course we all know is very taboo in our community um and it's taboo i think i want to say just in general for the world it's not something that we hear people talk about um all together it's really something that is you might know someone or you may see someone that um is going through something that they just don't really want to talk about and it's kind of like very very personal but you've decided to Use your platform to to speak about this. Use your writing skills to write about this and to share it with others. What what got you to the point to be able to do that? Um, desperation. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> it's just you know being open about my experience dealing with depression is just my way of asking for help. Um, right. You know, if I didn't ask for help and if I didn't make you know my issues known, I wouldn't be here. So you know, that's a part of my survive my survival is making sure that I keep the people that, you know, love me aware of how I'm doing and, you know, keeping keeping them up to date and also just asking for help, asking, can you, you know, talk with me, you know, because I'm feeling really sad right now or, you know, get me out the house because I've been in the house for three days and haven't showered and I need to do right. something. So it's just my way of just, you know, asking for help. And then the other level is just, you know, it's my way of helping people. Um, it's, amazing you know to, to right. see people you know from australia from all the continent of africa like people reaching out just saying this really you know I, I identify with this and it really puts things in perspective that what i'm going through isn't just for myself but it's to really help a lot of you know a lot of people exactly so um amade what what when did you first know like this isn't just regular like this is just regular sadness I'm feeling. This is something more. Like take us through that journey and that process. Yeah. Um it was actually um December twenty twelve and I I was in USC and I was um in a journalism program there, a graduate program 
and I was just doing everything. I was doing the most. I was had a full course load. Um, I was shooting uh, my second short documentary um, for my class, and the second short documentary that I was working on was with a huge rap group. So it was like 13 people. Like it's it's a huge group, and mm-hmm. I was going all over L.A. County um, to interview people and. I was just really feeling very tired. And one night um, I was uh, supposed to go to Ontario, um, which is an hour um, east of LA. And unfortunately the documentary shoot didn't work out. And on the way back, you know, I was just devastated by what happened and um, just sped on a highway wanting to die. And that was my wake up call was like, this isn't just, normal sadness this is something that is self-harming this is something that's destructive um and like around probably the next day or two um i was just so you know broken i was crying i could barely kind of stand up i was so um overwhelmed by sadness that i had two you know usc counselors you know telling me to drop out of school and um, have a police escort me to the to the hospital so that was that was a huge wake up call for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And those counselors, you so you just went to the the counselors at the school looking for looking for some help with this. Yeah, um, I knew that I was I wasn't I wasn't well at all. I mean, it was so hard for me to do like daily tasks. Um, I wasn't really clothing myself really well. I was just throwing on sweatpants. Um, taking showers I had a hard time taking showers my body just felt so fatigued Mm -hmm. and just like even the weather I couldn't really like connect with the weather like it'll be sunny outside and I'd be like why is it sunny like I feel so horrible it should be hard you know like I would just add it just felt like I was in my own little world of just like extreme sadness and I just came there because I was just like I am out of control like I am self-destructive and I need to get help before, you know, it gets worse. And that was kind of what brought me there, what was just kind of that wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Had you had, like, those same similar symptoms throughout your life, like in high school and as a um, middle school and stuff? Or it, it was just in, it just kind of manifested in college? It, you know, I really didn't have adolescent depression, mm-hmm. um, but... I mean, if you put moments together and you piece them and splice them together, you can probably see the warning signs. Because um, there were, I definitely had a tendency to my mood to kind of gravitate to to a low mood. Um, there was a time when I had a hard time in middle school um, of fitting in with people, and mm-hmm. so um, I got like scared of going to school, and I would be really anxious in school. And then when I get home, I would just be so depressed and just be on the bed in my bathrobe. So there were definitely, like, moments of, like, okay, like, you know, Imani, I should have got kind of ready to get treatment uh, because it was definitely something that was in the background. And I remember my campus minister, he uh, prophesied over me um, when I was in college, and he just said, like, it's like a dark cloud has been over you your whole life. And you're just like, whoa, like... I thought I was fine. And that's the thing about depression is that it can, 
it can be such a, a normal part of your life that you don't really notice it until it gets really, really, really bad. Wow. Um, and that's kind of what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's can, can, let's talk a little bit, because I think you hit on something that's really is really important. It's kind of like being able to splice uh if you were, mm-hmm. if we were able to splice things together in like our upbringing, our in our childhood, maybe there could have been like warning signs there, or not mm-hmm. necessarily. Even if it's not like a warning sign that um, something is definitely going to happen in the future, just knowing, being able to develop skills to like cope yeah. with life or be able to deal with life, um, how was that for you as a kid? Do you feel like you know your environment, your church upbringing, and things like that kind of prepared mm-hmm. you to really face that, or maybe not? Well, uh, I didn't have a language for depression. I didn't really know what major depressive disorder was until I was like 25. I didn't really, I didn't know. I mean, I was, I was having signs of depression when I was 13, but there was just no language for it. Um, and that's the, the, the issue with, you know, African Americans is like, like I kind of said before, Depression is such a normal part of our culture that, like, yeah. we don't even really have it. It's just, like, the uncle that's in the back room, like, right, the, you know, right. the, cra- the crazy dude that's, like, yeah. drinking alcohol at the, at the <laughs> you know, 7-Eleven, like, and they're probably depressed, yeah, but we don't, yeah. we don't have a it. language. Yeah, like, everybody has we, that one crazy uncle that's just, like, yeah. you just don't, you don't worry about him. You just let yeah. him be. Like, you know, we say they're crazy, but we don't really dial in into like, okay, what are their symptoms? How are they self-medicating? Are they self-medicating through drugs or alcohol or going to the club every day of the week? Or like, we don't really do that. And so I think that I think one of the first things we should do is just train people with giving them a language to identify like how they're feeling, because a lot of times you know, in the black church, you know, we're not even allowed to say how we feel. Like if, if you're asking how a person, how they feel, they're going to say I'm blessed, but they're not really going to say like <laughs> blessed by the best and not exactly. <laughs> you know, but like, how do you actually feel? Like, right, right. <laughs> so what does that mean translated to like your feelings? Exactly. Like, um, yeah, of course we all know we're, we're blessed, but right. You know, how do you feel today? You know, just just having a language to say, I feel sad or I feel excited about this happening. That was hard for me. You know, my therapist will would ask me, you know, beginning of the session, like, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, I think that, (laughs) you know, like, I really do think that this is going to happen. I can think really well. Like, I can think things and I can have an ideology and I can have a reason for being, but it was really difficult for me to say, hey, like, I feel just sad right now and I have to kind of, had to get practice that. Right. Do you think, like, being being i read on your blog like you have a strong pentecostal church background do you think that kind of hindered you from saying i know you said like i i don't feel free to say it or i have to i'm not praying enough or i'm not reading my bible enough for this to go away did you ever like feel like that growing up yeah um yeah i grew up a church of god in christ um so you know you're speaking in tongues by the time you're three in that, in that right. <laughs> like, like you speak in tongues before you like learn English. Come through, Koji. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it was it was really tough, uh, tough growing up because 
you know, it's very much of a, a name it, claim it culture. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it, you can't really um, talk about the present condition. You can talk about your eternal, you know, reality as a child of God. Um, but it's hard sometimes to talk about just what you're going through. And it's hard to have someone, people will kind of like shut you up. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, we all like seen testimony service and somebody just like my back hurt and I'm struggling right now. And then like the choir will come in and like start shouting and cut them off. Like, <laughs> this is, this is, this is this a culture. <laughs> but you don't look like what you've been through. So. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like you can't even like hint. Then maybe things aren't going okay, it, and it's right. and it's really difficult because it's so much of a of a performance. It's you're performing your spirituality by how how well you know you are, and by how good you look. Um, and it can be hard to kind of carve out those spaces where you're like, yes, I agree with the word of God, and you know, yes, I believe that I'm blessed, but right now I'm struggling, and I think I need some help, and so. That, that's it, it's it was tough it was definitely tough growing up because i you know i i grew up in the hardcore like spiritual warfare so like if you say you're not doing well like there's gonna be a hand on your head like pushing you down right. to the ground like that's laying that's you know somebody laying hands on you but right 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 <laughs> it's gonna be really it can be really tough because sometimes you're scared to say you're not okay because you're just like oh my gosh somebody's gonna like drown me in anoint all in like the next five seconds and i've had it i mean I, had it. Right. I was the kid going on the bus with a big old shiny spot in my forehead like I was you had the cross they put the yo cross. i had the cross on my forehead <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I love I love these experiences because they're very communal. But right, right. you know, and I think that it's it's gotten us to where we are as, as a people. I mean, exactly. black people have gone through so much suffering, and so mm-hmm. I think all of that is good—the spiritual warfare, like all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But I think we need to carve a space for just mental wellness exactly. and make that a part of our you know self care regime. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the beauty of it. And so it's something that I had to learn was like those things for so long, black people had to cope. Right. Yeah. So we kind of carved out this space, if you will, that <laughs> meant that we have to. There's no such in essence, you don't need to be sad. You can't be down. You have to just appreciate the positive, which come that which I believe came out of just kind of like this culture of having to cope. Like yeah, things are yeah. gonna go bad. We don't have the the power to control all of these external factors, but we what we can control is ourselves. So even yeah. if that meant you know beating ourselves down or you know going without paying attention to these real issues in our lives what we're taught to do is to to cope and to deal with. And I think those things come out of it. But I think it's so beautiful that, you know, we can get to a, a space and then we have people like you today that can acknowledge the importance of yeah. spirituality, the importance of having a true relationship, um, and also the importance of acknowledging that this is my state. And so I'm still blessed. I'm still blessed by the best and I ain't stuck yeah. in the rest. But yeah. right now, <laughs> I have <laughs> this issue that I'm feeling now and I need to learn how to work through these things. I think it's in, I think it's great. And I think it's incredible. And I think honestly, even for myself, I talked, you know, before on the show about like my own development and coming of a man and 
Um, you mentioned before not having the language for depression. I didn't have the language for crying. I remember my ex-girlfriend yeah. telling me that like it was okay to cry after my dad passed away. And it was like one of the hardest things in the yeah. world for me to grasp because I'm like, I'm not supposed to cry around people. I can cry by myself, but I can't like yeah. let a person know that I cry. That's just like not something men can do. And today... Yeah. I'm the biggest advocate for you might just need to go cry and it's okay. Yeah. Like it really is okay. You might be, I I would never tell people that I couldn't do something or I was afraid or, you know, things like that. It was just like not stuff that I was taught that I was supposed to do. But as I got older and it's just like, wait, there's actually a word for that. There's yeah. something for that, like that I'm yeah. supposed to work through. And I think that whole language thing um, like you, that you mentioned is extremely important for our community and even for like other people. And we're, this is why we're glad you're sharing your story, but it's important for other people to hear that if you don't know, if you're feeling a certain way and you don't know how to identify it or you're afraid to identify or put your finger on it or pinpoint it or share it with someone, there's a language for that, that maybe we need to identify what that language is so that we can start getting you past that point or being able to deal with it. Because we oftentimes just don't have the, we don't have the words for it. We don't. And the language, a lot of times it eradicates the loneliness because right. when you find out there's a language, you're like, oh, then somebody must have gone through this before me for them yes. to even have a language. And I remember one of the, one of the times I went to a, a church in, uh, in my local church and there was a woman there who was a therapist and she started reading like all of the symptoms of depression. And I was just like angry, irritable, sad, you know, like all these different things, excessive crying, like all this stuff. And I was like, I have every single one wow. of this. And it made me feel like, okay, there is actually a condition <laughs> that right, I'm experiencing. Right. It's not just me like, going crazy there actually is a condition and there's a framework for this and so maybe you know i'm not as alone as i think i am so it can be really helpful gotcha so let's 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 shift gears to more of like today today's time as a young professional as somebody that is an uh an advocate and a, and a writer and a professional and you have friends and things like that what are things that two parts what are things that maybe someone if you see someone in your life that's you know, seems to be sad all the time or, you know, going through and not really sharing and kind of isolating themselves. What are things that you think that people can do, young professionals can do to like maybe reach out to somebody um, to try to aid them in, in seeking help? And then what are some things that people can just notice about themselves that maybe I should go see someone to talk about this because I'm just so used to just dealing with it and not, yeah. you know, giving it a, giving it a name and trying to, to resolve it. I mean, I want to say first that there's there's definitely uh, an immense amount of generational trauma in the black community, which makes people feel very uncomfortable to go to, quote unquote, the authorities or go to health professionals because black people have been abused so much in the past and still are abused. Um, but I think there's a way of getting your power back. And mm -hmm. I think that is through advocating for yourself. So, I mean, if you're dealing with... Um, um, a lot of uh, rumination on um, either suicidal thoughts or um, even passive suicidal thoughts. I mean, I feel like God has heard the most suicidal prayers. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people who pray to God and ask God to kill them. And 
if you're if you're doing that, if you're telling God, oh man, I wanna die, God, like you need help. Like you need to you need to go and get help because it really is God's will for us to live. Um and so yeah, I would say if you're ruminating on thoughts that are really are destructive, are self harming, um, are just very negative feelings of worthlessness or helplessness, um, you should definitely get help because you can have a better life. You know, I, I definitely am a person who for a long time didn't think that medication could help me, couldn't didn't think treatment would help me, you know, just thought I can just grit it out. And I'm mad at myself for thinking that way because it really just prolonged my suffering. Yeah. And I would just say also just don't get intimidated by the money because that was one of my biggest like barriers in my mind was like I cannot afford a therapist. Like I'm used to growing up watching girlfriends and like Joan on the couch and like Joan got money. <laughs> Joan, got- <laughs> Joan got money. And I was just like, yeah, I, you know, and uh, just make sure that you recognize that there are a lot of programs that really want to help you. There's a lot of people that really want to help you. And there's ways that you can kind of get around it, whether it's asking for a sliding scale that that does a fee based upon your income, um, going to university. Sometimes they have um, therapists that are in training and they offer like offer it on the cheap and just use the heck out of your your college, you know, your university health insurance because there's so many different options that you have uh, when you if you're a student. So just kind of, I think I would say, don't say no to yourself before even trying because you know, dealing with depression, it is so easy to tell yourself, like, uh, I'm just going to get rejected just like last time. Like, it's so easy to create this, like, scenario in your head. But just don't say no to yourself. Like, you're worth, you're worth self-care. You're worth the self-love, and you should go for it. Um, but what you're saying about reaching out to people who are dealing mm-hmm. with depression, I mean, it's depre- depressed people are we're horrible people. I mean, we're mean. <laughs> like we, like you, we would, you guys would like give us a scripture and we just be like, God is dead. Like get out of my face. <laughs> like we're just like, <laughs> we're just horrible people. Like I give the best atheist impression when I'm depressed. Like I don't want to hear nothing about God. You know, if God was real, I wouldn't be depressed. I mean, it's just like the worst thing. It's, yeah. literally, like, it's literally, if you read the book of Job, like, just read what Job said. That's pretty much what depressed people say. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to be ready for that. And it's it's messed up, you know, because a lot of times you're going to do so many nice, great, nice things for us, and we're not even going to say thank you. Yeah. Um, there's going to be times when, you know, you're going to throw us a birthday party and we're just going to be like, get out of my house, you ignorant fool. Like, yeah, you know, because, yeah. because we don't want we don't want that. We're like we're hurting and we're like in immense pain and we don't want a birthday party. And birthdays right. are the most depression triggering days of, of usually of depressed people because we, we ruminate and we think about, oh, I didn't do nothing in my life. I'm like this old and I haven't done anything. It could be really tough. But what I would say for you guys is just be annoying. I mean, because it pays off. Um, I had a friend when I was dealing with depression um, back uh, back in 2012. 
and she just kept reaching out to me and she's just like when we're we going to hang out you know when when am i going to see you and i'd be like i'm too busy you know like get away you know and i would just i would just you know tell her to go away and she just kept pestering me and i was just like forget it i'll do this you know and that was the start of me recovering was just having someone walk with me um it was a huge turnaround and i think that you know you're going to have to do this unto the lord you can't do this to get you know the praise of a depressed person because you may never get it unfortunately because they're going through some really um, intense mental issues and they may not be in the mindset to say thank you unfortunately um so you have to do it unto god and you just have to be annoying and just know that if god put on your heart to call this person you know trust god that he actually like wants you to do that because sometimes you're not going to get confirmation like a depressed person may not say oh you made my depression so much better and like i'm perfectly fine thank you randall like it may not right. it may not come like that it may end up like who this like right. <laughs> why are you calling me like it might be like <laughs> you know, we phone. are rude we are rude okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> We were hey, Amadi, I was calling you to the camp. Oh, all right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just think of a pregnant person, and she's in labor, and all she wants is epidural, and she is in pain, and she does not have time to be nice and just say, how is your day, Randall? How are you doing? You know? <laughs> it's not like that. People, people who are depressed are really in pain, and they might not have the energy to be nice you know but i guarantee you if you keep sowing that seed mm-hmm. and i know i'm sounding so spiritual right now because i really them seeds. come on come, no, <laughs> you, know, you know your roots Koji. we know it he <laughs> sowed them seeds <laughs> if you sow them seeds i'm telling you you're going to see you're going to see the fruits of your labor whether it's in that person or it's in your character and your your patience and your ability to, to have, have compassion so it's it pays off but it's something that you really do have to just plant seeds sometimes in the beginning yeah amazing because yeah. i guess it's like it's it the the old the phrase that people use is true hurt people yeah hurt people and i always think of it as like when you're dealing with somebody who's going through intense pain it's almost like dealing with broken glass if you're not careful you'll get cut too and um it's it's interesting because you have to really like you say you have to do it under god because you're not if you're doing it to get it reciprocated you're gonna you're not you're probably not gonna get the reciprocation at in that can't change their draws so if you're looking for a reciprocation of a person who can't change their draws like (laughs) (laughs) you know but also in that you know make sure that you guys are doing self-care uh that was one of the biggest things with me and my best friend melody who was on the last podcast like we both had to learn that like melody can only give what she has and she doesn't have anything she's going to get burnt out and it's going to be even worse so you know you do have to set good boundaries and you have to you know recognize that like there even though it may seem that way sometimes the a depressed person's well-being isn't solely hinged upon you so if you gotta go and like go to the club real quick like or do whatever you gotta do for self-care like that person is not necessarily gonna just like collapse you know 
Yeah. And you have to kind of learn that as well because it can be really dangerous because what will happen is the person that's trying to help the person, they're going to end up, you know, in a mental hospital themselves because it's it can be really difficult if you don't set the right type of boundaries. Um, so it's definitely something that you really have to be spirit led. But, um, you know, it can be very rewarding because, I mean, you see me talking to you, you know, setting, setting this date and time to talk to you. I couldn't have done that when I was depressed. So it is kind of a beautiful thing to see somebody that couldn't get out of bed, couldn't shower, you know, couldn't even function. And now they're like talking in front of people. I mean, it is a beautiful thing to be a part of that kind of like restoration. So right, it can right. it can it can be a very beautiful thing to see that. Most definitely, and I I mean I've said it before. I I just I thank you so much for what you're doing, and I think that you are you're you're, you're helping you know depressed people. You're helping people. You're help shed lighting on like mental health issues, but I honestly think you're you're doing a lot more for people that don't have those issues and that are probably looking for understanding or just trying to filter through being able to identify their things that are going on in their own life. Yeah. That piece about language is so, gosh, I can't tell you how important it is because for so long, I know, and I, I mean, I still have people in my family that don't have, you know, the language or the words or, or don't believe in that language and those words to be able to articulate how they're feeling or what they're going through. And I think your work and what you're doing and your writing and your speaking and you being a part of the show and you being, you know, you speaking out about this and using your own story, which I'm sure is, you know, has its challenges as a way to share it with people, to open doors for other people, to just be able to live life better. I think it's incredible. I just kind of feel like somebody just needs to start like filtering you a whole bunch of money. In case y'all y'all wanna slide some. Yo. <laughs> yeah, the but no. PayPal is open. <laughs> Wait, going back to language, Randall too, yeah. you said um you were talking about you your your counselors at USC not knowing yeah. the language for African Americans. Yeah. What is the state of mental health in relationship to African Americans? Do you think African Americans need african-american therapist to kind of help them navigate or just make sure they have someone who has experience in dealing with african-american issues you know actually i never had an african-american therapist okay. before. um i had a really great my first therapist after i got diagnosed with major depressive disorder in uh, december 2012 my first therapist was like a white preschool looking teacher you know she but I felt like I could bring my whole self into the, the therapy session. And that's what did it for me because, I mean, there's all sorts of black people I never want to talk about my issues with. Trust um, me. I know some too. <laughs> I, I know some people that's like, you know what? Even if I like got, if I got, if Wayne hit me, I'm not going to tell you. Yo, like, you for real. Okay. Uh, so it's, I think it's all about bringing your whole self. But there were definitely times when I hit a dead end with some, um, therapist because they would they would give me advice and I'm just like I can't apply this because I'm black 
Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they would say things of just like, well, did you listen to what this person said? And why didn't you do this? what this person said they wanted you to do? But I'm coming in here with like 28 years of having to go against the grain and like yeah. be a nonconformist. So it's hard sometimes to articulate that. And it's sometimes for me also as a black woman, I just get angry out of nowhere. Like I can go from zero to 100 real quick. And if you don't have a therapist that's like, um, yeah, you did go through structural racism for like 28 years and you're not just some crazy girl. You actually have a very like solid reasoning why you're frustrated. And sometimes it, sometimes you do hit those dead ends. And I think that's kind of a sign that, okay, maybe I need to go, I need to go with someone who actually can understand this, this part of myself, because there's nothing worse than paying money for somebody. And you can only talk to them about three things because all the things they just don't understand. So I would love to have um, African-American therapists. Um, That would be probably my goal, I think, because it's it's one thing to be African-American and be depressed, and there's another thing to be African-American depressed who talks about issues of depression in African-American communities. And you, you always hit with people kind of shading you. Yeah. You, hit, you, you know, you're, you're hit with people using it against you. Um, so definitely I, w- I would love to to have that it's it's very it's very necessary i feel like at least once in a in a person's life to have kind of african-american therapist incredible yo like i'm just i'm literally sitting here imadi and i'm just like thank you god like i just feel like it's just so great and it's so it's so necessary it's so relevant to you know, to the times, it's so relevant to, I mean, heck, I don't even want to say the times, not like this stuff just happened. It's res- It's to uh, black lives in general, um, to the, bl- the, the black, the black community, the African-American community in general, like these things are so relevant and it's so relevant to, to be able to identify and understand both sides. Right. So we yeah. talked, you talked about, um, your experience of having experiencing for 28 years structural racism and what that does to a person. And it's yeah. not because your skin is darker that you just automatically are going to yeah. respond differently. It's literally because of the outside forces that uh, that you've had to engage with your entire life that has made you, that's that's altered your responses to things. Somebody, somebody else may hear something and be like, oh, it is what it is. But no, you've always had to, or we've always had to fight against the grain or go against the norm or try to, you know, stand up for ourselves. And, and oftentimes what the, the spaces that we're operating in for so many of us is uncharted territories. So it's like I'm stepping into a foreign place, a foreign um, environment, and I'm having to find a way to fend for myself because the person that should be fending for me isn't fending for me. Mm-hmm. Be that like a teacher, mm-hmm. a professor, or you know, mm-hmm. the the community at the school community at large. These people aren't considering my unique perspective. They want to blanket me with everybody else, and it just doesn't work. So, I just think, yo, this I can't say it enough. And I know you probably sound like this boy keep telling me this, but like. <laughs> It is really, I appreciate your work. I appreciate you for coming on Brunch Culture and agreeing to talk about, you know, this mental health in general and your experience sharing your story is reminding me of the place that I've come from, um, some things that I've done. It's honestly even helped me reconsider how to address and how to handle and to deal with other things. Because when you talked about like not giving up, 
I'm like, oh, well, I guess I gotta, well, Lord, I gotta get back into the fight because after a while, I'm just like, look, yeah, you don't want me to call you. Nah, I ain't gonna call you now. <laughs> I'm on that same boat, Miranda. I, I you, you just get, I think it's not, and you, you bring, you're like really helping me. I think you bring it that kind of other side that you don't consider. Um, you just like, why, why are you act, why are you acting like this? Right. Um, without, you know, seeing the other side and then putting your empathizing with the person. And I think that, um, you know, people kind of, when they're going through that space, they don't want to be bothered. So you don't know what they're going through. So yeah. that adds another element to you, it being hard to deal with. Cause it's like, yeah. if you would have told me, I could have kind of. I could have kind of reconciled in my mind what was going on and I could have had a little bit more patience, but it's like, I'm in the dark and then, you know, I can't, I can't empathize cause I don't know what's going on, but then, you know, something's going on. So it's kind of like, you're, you're, you're definitely giving a, a different perspective. That's helpful. I'm about to say something that is so personal, but I think I need to say it. I need a, I need a fuck master flex bomb right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I attempted suicide very recently, July 25th, and um, I can guarantee you that there were multiple people that I said I was fine to right before it happened. And that is the dangerous part of depression is the self-isolating part, the part that is too tired to even ask somebody for help right. and is too embarrassed to ask for help and um, is too scared to ask for help. Because, I mean, depression is an ugly thing. I mean, do you want somebody in your area when you've been crying for hours? Like, do you want somebody to be right up in your grill and you got snot in your nose and you, like, you look horrible? Yeah. Like, do you want somebody in your in your face? Like, no, you don't want that. And the, and the dangerous thing about depression is, like, if you had it for a while, you know how to, like, say the right things to people so that they will go away. And that's why I, you know, say, and I know this is so hard to do, and I know that you do have to have self-care in doing this, but sometimes you just got to annoy people and not let them push you away because they could be plotting, like, their demise. Like, and so, you know, July 25th, you know, I said my roommate, I said I was fine. I hung up on Melody. Um, I called a suicide prevention hotline, hung up on them. Like I was, I was saying no when I should have said yes. Yeah. And sometimes you do need a friend that's like, okay, I hear you saying no, but I'm coming with some chicken. You know, like I hear you saying no, but I'm coming with something. Like you're, I'm not gonna just let you self isolate, and I'm gonna be here until I know that you're okay. And unfortunately, that that sometimes that's really required. Um, if you don't feel as a person who's helping a depressed person, if you don't feel right, it probably ain't right. And you should just, you know, go with your gut, you know, really just go with your gut. If you don't feel like something's right, if you're having a hard time sleeping your own self, if you having a hard time, you know, praying and and you're praying for the person, you still don't feel really right. You should probably just go and check it out and, and be that annoying friend because you can possibly save a life. You know, so just, I'm just like, yo, like, don't always take what they say at face value because 
sometimes they're just tired and they don't have the energy to say like come over because they're just tired they're in immense pain and you know I just encourage everybody who is depressed like yo like if your friends are offering to help you you're blessed you're privileged a lot of people don't have that like use that opportunity because if I if I allowed my friend to come over my friend was going to come over. My roommate was knocking on the door, asking him, okay. Melody was calling me. If I allowed those three people to help, I would not have ended up in a mental hospital Yeah. for two weeks. And mental hospitals are the pits. Like, I did not have a good time there. So it's really important. Like, like it's, two, it's, two, it's a two-way street. Like, depressed people need to allow people to help them. And then the people who help them, sometimes they have to be they have to be resilient. They have to keep going. They have to persevere. And it's a really difficult thing to ask of somebody who has their own life. You know, you guys have your own, you know, responsibilities. And I guarantee you, depressed people are very aware of that because that's the main thing we think about when we say no. You know, right. we say, oh, right. you know, y'all got y'all going through a lot. Like, I don't want to be a burden to nobody you know, that's kind of what depressed people can think sometimes. But I'm telling you, sometimes that extra phone call, you know, ho- you know, coming over to their house, you know, sending an email or G-chatting them, that can potentially save a life, just little things like that. So, you know, it's it can be like there's just those moments, those those moments where it can go either way and God can just use what you're doing and change that person's life forever. Great. I'm like Thank you. Like... Yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much. Like, I don't think we can we can say thank you enough. But we do want to give you an opportunity to promote what you're doing, your blog. How can people follow your blog? How can people reach you on social media? Um, and how I know that you're working on the book as well. So what can people do to keep up with that and get more information about what is coming out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just stay tuned to uh, Depressed While Black. Uh, dot tumblr.com i'm on tumblr i'm on twitter at depressed w black and i'm on facebook at depressed wild black um yeah and you can stay tuned to everything um i have an excerpt on al jazeera plus that is on my tumblr blog i have a video that i did with bet that is also on my tumblr blog um and I'm just constantly just getting this word out and I'm just open to, you know, people's experiences. I'm all about uh, sharing articles. Um, if if you feel as if you're alone, just go on my Tumblr blog. I mean, I have just like tons of depression articles, you know, from black people who are, you know, just like you. So I'm I'm just kind of an open book. So, I, you know, I'm I'm happy to help any way I can. Thank Perfect. You. Thank you for yeah. your story. Like I'm speechless. Like I was tearing up over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm tearing up, then it's, it really hit home because I I don't really cry like that. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and just giving a platform for you know this issue. I really appreciate it. It's it's a something that you know you really have to be in tune with uh, human suffering to create platforms for this. And you guys seem to be so compassionate and so loving, and I just really appreciate you. Oh, wow. That's a compliment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I got a lot of work to do in that department. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, 
yeah, I, I feel like we're like we're paling in comparison to what you're doing. But again, thank you so much. If ever when the book is ready and, and is ready to come out, we would definitely love to have you back on the show so we can talk about the book. Thank we can you. help you promote the sh- the book. There's anything that brunch culture can do to help your movement and to further what you're doing. You just let us know. Awesome. And I would love to support you guys as well with the Press Fall Black anytime I can. So for Great. Sure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate y'all. want to challenge you guys instead of the normal good vibe we have a quote we we want to this good week's good vibe to be a challenge to you know reach out to someone who you think might be suffering from depression or if you're suffering from depression yourself getting help take that step um it's so important like i uh in interview like seriously almost brought me to tears um because she was so transparent and so vulnerable and i feel empowered um to reach out to um, different people that I I know that are suffering with depression. So I know if I'm feeling empowered, you should feel empowered as well. And we just want to challenge you to reach out. And if you're suffering from depression yourself to get help, there's no shame in it. Amade's story is amazing. And she's helping so many people by being open about the things she's struggling with, just like with any other illness you go to the doctor like if you're if you have a cold you go to the doctor you know if it's lasting longer than a certain amount of time and nothing and we don't say anything is wrong with you for going to the doctor just a a physical illness and a mental illness are they're the same I mean they're different but it's nothing it's no shame in going to the doctor when you have pneumonia so it should be no shame in going to the doctor when you have depression so um yeah take that step that's our challenge to you. That's our good vibe. All right. And as always, you guys, we thank you so much for supporting Brunch Culture. We thank you for listening. Make sure you hit us up on our website, www.brunchculturebc.com. Check us out on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. And be sure to go out and uh, check out everything that Imadi is doing. We want to support her. We want to keep this platform going and just shed light on her platform and just help, you know, her spread the messages. I know that we all know someone, oftentimes even ourselves, that has dealt with depression or deals with depression. And it's something that we don't talk about and we have to talk about more. So let's keep this momentum going. Let's push this movement. I hope this show and this episode has helped you. This is one of the goals of Brunch Culture is really to challenge young professionals to improve ourselves and to be better and to talk about those difficult conversations. So we thank you guys so much for listening and we will check you guys out next week.